0: passage. And I was sort of thinking to myself, that's sort of a unique passage to think and contemplate. Uh, Kind of violent, you know. Um, Maybe it's more of a guy passage and uh, one of those testosterone passages from the Old Testament that guys get into. But nevertheless, I love what it says to me about spiritual life. And uh, so that's where we're going to go this morning. Uh, A few years ago, traveled with Compassion International. Anyone Heard of Compassion, yeah, great organization, child sponsorship. They're big around the world. They help uh, hurting children uh, many places around the world. But I had a, a privilege to travel with them to Africa a few years ago. Great trip. And um, the last couple of days of this trip, we were in Kenya. We got to go on a safari. Now, if I grew up, and uh, there was a show on television uh, called, uh, uh, I just forgot the name of the show. What was the name of the show? Wild Kingdom. No it, wasn't, it was, no, it wasn't Wild Kingdom. It was Mutual of Omaha. So all, you, all the more senior-aged people in here understand Mutual of Omaha, right? Mutual, they always had the animals. It looked like, a, like it was a safari every time it was on and so forth. And uh, so that's, I've always had that vision in my mind. From a little kid growing up, I was like, man, it would be a great adventure. It would be awesome. Someday, you know, this is my bucket list thing. I'm going to go on a safari. So here I am. I get to go to Africa, and the last couple of days, we're there with compassion. They take us on a safari. And so we are in we are in, uh, in the Serengeti. It's during the time of the migration, so the wildebeests have come up, and wildebeests everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's very Lion King. You see that movie? They just re-released it. Very beautiful, amazing, and just out there. It's just majestic, you know, just awesome experience. I'm just, in, I'm like a kid in a candy store. It's just amazing. So we're out there, and uh, we're in one of the safari jeeps, first day out, safari jeep, and uh, I was grateful that it was one of the jeeps that you, the sides are open, not not the top, the top was closed, sides were open, because if you're short like me, getting up and looking out would have been difficult, so I was sort of grateful, it, it catered to my needs in that way, so we're cruising around, and obviously the first thing you want to see, you want to see the lions, man, the king of the beast, you want to see the lions, so our guide takes us to where the lions are, and uh, sure enough, after a little bit we, we come upon these lions it 's so a group of male lions feeding off of a off of a dead wildebeest carcass. you know It was a pretty gruesome scene actually. there were some guys that were in a better position. We had two jeeps, a group of our guys over here a group, another group of our guys that I was with, and there were some guys that got some really intense pictures of this. Of this lion just feeding, a group of lions feeding on this carcass is pretty, pretty intense. But we're seeing this, you know, we're seeing this scene. It's just amazing, and uh, we're taking pictures like crazy. And our and our guide cruises up a little bit closer, and all of a sudden the jeep did something rather interesting. It just sort of plopped down on one side. We're like, hey, hey, <laughs> what's going on here? And, and it was actually, it was literally stuck right in front of the lions. The lions are about 20, 25 yards out, and um, we're sitting there, and most, you know, we're sitting there going, and we're taking pictures, we're just so excited. We're caught up in the moment, we're just taking these pictures and enjoying it. Um, that we, it didn't really dawn on us that, you know, these were lions. So uh, we're sitting there, we're stuck, and the guy's like, okay, I can't get out, we can't get out of the truck, we can't get out of this, well, I wasn't thinking about getting out of the truck, man. You know, <laughs> you, know you can't get out of the truck, and I don't have a weapon, uh, we have to wait until somebody come gets us out. You know, and we're like, okay, that's cool. Let's take more pictures. Then the lion decides to come over and check us out. <laughs> you're like, okay, well. Uh. And, you know, for a minute there, you're just kind of thinking in the back of your mind, at least I was. Maybe all the other pastors are prayed up and more spiritual and brave than I am, you know. And uh, for a minute there, I'm thinking to myself, what if Mr. Lion got up on the wrong side of the den, you know. If he's just not... Like in life, if he's just not happy, breakfast wasn't good, he's still a little hungry, you know, I'm like, well, what if he's just not having a good day? So you get a little nervous, you know, you just kind of wonder, what's, what's, this, what's this lion thinking? Thankfully, there, nothing, nothing went down, I'm still here all healthy and well, um, but I'll never forget those, those moments. They've forever been impressed in my mind. Okay, so to this day, I actually have on my computer, I have a, I have a laptop computer I carry around with MacBook Pro. I'm a Mac, not a PC, amen. And um, so I, uh, on my wallpaper, I have a picture of this lion from Africa. I have some great pictures because he walked right up to the front of this Jeep, man, just amazing pictures. But I keep the picture of that lion in front of me. Because there's a passage of scripture that always comes to mind from, from the book of Peter. And it says that, uh, that we have an enemy that goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. And I've always, I, I've always had that, that passage in my mind. I always think about that image of that, of, that, of that lion. And how intense it was. And how big and how powerful and what a presence that animal had. I always think to myself that, that you know what, I'm going to keep that ever in front of me because I, will, I always want to be reminded of, of the great spiritual challenges that exist in this day and age. So that lion for me, in my spiritual life, represents what I believe to be the great spiritual challenges of the day. And I'm going to share that with you this morning. Because I... I I really believe that we do have an enemy out there, and he doesn't like us, he doesn't like you, he doesn't like the way you look, he doesn't like the way you act, he doesn't like the way you smell, he doesn't like the way you walk or talk. He doesn't like you. He do not like your family. He do not like anything about you. And the truth of the matter is, he is big, and he is bad, and he wants to devour. And if we're not careful, we will find ourselves succumbing to that pressure. We will, in fact, find ourselves cowering in fear of this great beast that longs to devour us and destroy our spiritual lives. This enemy does not want to see you live the abundant life that Jesus speaks about. This enemy does not want to see you have a life. This enemy simply wants to destroy you. So, I... For me, this this lion is just ever prominent in the back of my mind, and and it, I think about it, and it's always on my it's always on my wallpaper. On my, and here's here's what I believe it represents in this day and age, in this culture. It's a little bit uncomfortable. You guys cool with uncomfortable? This is second service. Y'all are supposed to be real cool with uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, first service, and I, and I know, but this service, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. it's a, it's a word that you know we don't. Often here in church, maybe we don't necessarily enjoy it. It'll be a little bit awkward, but that's okay. We're going to go for it, right? We're going to go with it. Here's the word this is what I believe are the greatest spiritual challenge that exists in the culture today. And not only is it a challenge to those outside of church, but it's a challenge for those of us within the church. And that is this lust. L U S T. Lust. lust. And now that I have everyone's attention, (laughs) yeah, and now here's the thing that automatically happens. Most of you sort of, you know, you hear that word lust, you're like, oh boy, this is for the guys. This is a talk for the men. No, because everyone struggles with this idea of lust. But let's not just stick it in the sexual category. Let's not just think about that passage in Matthew 5 that talks about if a man looks and he's committed lust. No, no, no. Let's expand it a little bit and just talk about the deep brokenness within our own souls. Because I think that we all sort of struggle with lust. You've heard, you've heard, you've heard this. What about the lust for power? Yeah. How does that one work for you? You struggle with that one? There's a reason why we have domestic violence in this country. Because there's a lust for power. A lust for control. What about a lust for stuff? Hmm. Lust for stuff, man. It's called materialism. I gotta have more stuff. And I like this thing. And that thing. That thing's really nice and shiny. And that's the latest one. Apple. Apple is, they're the kings of creating dissatisfaction. I can't stand Apple anymore. We have this love-hate thing going on. Because every time I get an iPhone, they come out with a new one. Every time I get an iPod, they come out with a new one. I got to go get it. Because I got to have stuff. What about the lust for, you know, I mean, it's all... Lust, let's go there. Lust for more women. Lust for more men. There's a reason why we have an epidemic of porn in this culture, right? It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Are we any more uncomfortable? Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring that birdie back, Pastor Phil. I know he's your friend and all. But... <laughs> But really, really the issue when we get right down to it, there's a problem there's a problem that we have with lust. Now, let's do a little bit of work on the word lust. Essentially the, the word means desire. It means desire. But here's the problem that we have. And in fact, we can look at lust as a morally neutral term. Until, and this is particularly important for us believers, until, it begi- until our desires take us outside the boundaries of God's will. That's where the problem comes in. So there's really no problem with lust until it becomes lust that carries me beyond God's will for my life. Ah. And God's will for things. Because it's, no, it's not a problem to have stuff, right? It's okay to have things. It's okay to desire What's not okay is to desire beyond God's boundaries and God's will. So here's another way that i like to define it. Here's another way that we can sort of capture these thoughts on this idea, this great spiritual challenge, this lion of lust that seeks to devour each and every one, and it plays on the very uh, vulnerableness of our own hearts and souls. Here's a good way to define it. Lust goes here. Lust is about me. Lust says more for me. Lust says the world evolves around me. Lust says more for me. Lust says I want more, I need more, and I will get more no matter the cost. Lust says more for me. So there's another path that we could take. There's two options that we have in this life. It's what Jesus came to this earth to talk about and to challenge us with and to try and convince us of. And that's love. Another four-letter word. He says, you can go with lust, which is all about you. Life evolves around you. Or you can go with love, where life evolves around me. Love says more for God. Lust says more for me. Jesus came and he talked about love. And he, he challenged all of us guys. He said, he said, more love for your spouse. In fact, love your spouse in the same way that Christ loved the church. And Christ was willing to sacrifice his whole life for the church more for me, more for God, not more for me. Lust or love, which way will we go? That's the, those are the two options. And what I generally see, both within the church and outside of the church, what I see in my own soul is, man, I my desires will take me so many places. And I will give in so many times. And then the, that imagery from, from the safari comes back to my mind after every time that I fail and I struggle. And that imagery comes back and, and, and I could see it is, that, is that, 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 that lion feasting on the carcass. And that's my spiritual life. <laughs> every time I give in to more for me, it's just the lion just chomping down having a feast. And join me. And I have to repent and I have to turn back and I have to say, wait a second, this thing isn't about me. It's really all about you, God. It's really all about you. It's never been about me. And I have to keep my desires in check. In fact, I have to go to go to the word and go to my knees and just Desperately plead with God, change my desires, change my heart, let my desires be your desires. Those are promises in scripture that say that, that my desires will ultimately become, his desires will ultimately become my desires. And I long for that day. I'm still on the journey with you. The lion consistently nips at me. And sometimes I fail. But nevertheless, the challenge is great. The challenge is huge. And I believe that lion represents a great challenge. So, here, I want to take you to... This is why this passage is huge, all right? So, go to the story of Benaiah. 2 Samuel 23, 20. Check this out. What kind of dude do you have to be to scare a lion off, all right? So, this is what happens. You know, Benaiah's out there. He's cruising around. There's a standoff. The lion sees him. He sees the lion. Now, in my world, Bernie runs, Okay? I go. You know, I'm scared of big dogs. So, no, I run. No, he has such a presence. What kind of guy is Benaiah that he has such a presence that the lion takes off and goes the other way? Let, let me back up, give you a little bit more background. David, this, path, this, this section of scriptures where David describes his, uh, his personal bodyguards. These are his mighty men. These are the guys that, that wherever David goes, they are there to protect his glory and his influence as king so bani has been chosen and this is why bani has been chosen because of his his great victories over, over 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 other warriors and because of this 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 interaction with this lion but uh, this is this is david describing his mighty men these people who were called to come to his side these people who were who were sold out to protect the king and to guard his influence and his glory so that's that's who this guy is that's why and they sort of lay out his resume here this is why he got picked over some other dudes. And so Benaiah stand off with the lion. The lion takes off. That's not enough for Benaiah. He wants to go in the direction of the lion. I'm running the other way. He goes towards the lion. And the lion retreats to a pit. And it's not enough for Benaiah. He runs and he jumps to the pit. So he wants to get into close quarter combat with the lion in a pit. On a snowy day. Utah, (laughs) where it's slippery and it's cold and it's crazy. And there's only one person, or one, there's, he comes out. He comes out victorious. The lion doesn't. The lion is killed. Now, why is this, why is this story so important? I think it, I think it's a beautiful illustration, a powerful illustration of how God would have us deal with the lion and live with the constant pursuit of the lion. And that is this, rather than retreat in fear, rather than not deal with what's going on in our souls, rather than not deal with our lust, I believe that God would say, no, turn in the direction of it, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, for some reason, we've forgotten about who it is that we're connected to. For some reason, we've forgotten that there is a presence that comes with us wherever we go. So whenever the lion sort of roams around and prowls about, it's not so much that we need to run, tuck tail in fear, as much as it is to say, hey, the king of kings and lord of lords is on my side. There's, there's a presence and there's a power within me that is so much bigger and so much more powerful than anything else going on in the world. Does, does that make any sense, my friends, at all? Because the last time I checked, we have a power so, that's available to us that's so that's so big. See, I don't think that believers were meant to simply... Live in fear and tremble, but we were called to victory. Wow. We were called to, in fact, you know, Paul take, Paul spends quite a bit of time with this. and he, he spends a little time talking about this very thing. In fact, most of us think in terms of how we tame the lion, right? How do I bring this thing under control? How do I suppress it? How do I just sort of put it in the cage? Paul says, no, 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 you've got to be like Benaiah you got to chase it off, jump down in the pit, and kill it. Kill it. What tends to happen for us as believers, spiritually, my life, your life, is I'll let stuff just sort of go along and I won't deal with it. I'll just sort of let it, you know. It's, it's like if you have a leak, if you have a leak in a pipe or something, you don't fix it until there's a flood. Right, if there's a problem, we just sort of hem and haw and beat around the bush until until it becomes a crisis. Nobody responds until there's a crisis, man, you hear about those those animals in 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 uh, Ohio? yeah, now the governor's saying, boy, don't let anybody have exotic animals anymore in this state. We can go on safari in Ohio, right. <laughs> And, and that 's the problem with us spiritually. you see, none of us really wants to deal with the deep stuff of the soul my my desires that move beyond god's will, the lust that is buried deep within it's the stuff that drives me to sort of control how other people think about me because I want to be in control it's the It's the stuff that that, that drives me to to get this thing, or to get this thing, or to pursue that thing, or to pursue that thing, knowing full well that it's never been about what God wanted me to do. It's that great lion. But Benaiah says, look, no, 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 you can kill this thing, you can, you can deal with it. And, and there, there's a God that comes alongside of you, and he's, he's bigger, and he's, it's not you, it's him. It's a presence. That God begins to deal with in our hearts and our souls. And um, here's, here's the thing. And this is why this is huge. This is why this is so important. Like Benaiah, who is given the responsibility of the glory and the influence of the king. You and I have a target on our back. Because we represent the influence and the glory of the king. As believers. As followers of Christ. You are, you are seen as, 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 you are called to be a champion of the causes of God in the world. You are called to be a champion of, of, the, of the glory and the influence of the king and the culture. You're not called to just sort of sit back and go, oh yeah, this is okay. I'm going to be on the couch. That's what he said. No, 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 no. You're called to go, chase the lion, rebuke the lion. Take on whatever comes at you, not in your own strength, but in his. Because you represent the glory and the influence of the king. And if you fail, when you give in to your lust, when you succumb to, be in, to, to this thing that says it's more about you than more about him, the glory and the influence of the king is diminished. The glory and the influence of the king is, is, not, is not what it should be in this culture. Because believers tuck tail and run. And so the challenge for you and me is to begin to know and understand and fully embrace our calling to be a champion for the King. To live in this day and age with a determination and a conviction and a focus that says... I'm not going to give in to more for me. I'm going to be driven by a deep love and passion for the king. More for the king. More for God. Not more for me. Jesus continually hinted at this when he was here. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That's that's more glory for the king. That's not for me. Constantly challenged his followers. Is it gonna be about you? Because remember what his disciples asked him right before he, he went off to heaven right before he left this earth? Who's gonna sit at the right hand or, or the other side of you? Who's gonna sit, who's gonna be with you? Who's gonna who's gonna have status and position in the kingdom? Who's gonna have a title, man? Later on they would come to find out that it wasn't about that, was it? Later on, they would, all these men would 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 say, It's not about my lust for power or position, it's really about love for the king and they'd all give their lives sacrificially. So you and I have a huge choice to make. We can go through this life in fear and lust or we can choose to as the king has invited us to as he's looked at you and I don't get it, I wouldn't choose us if I were him. Right? No, because we're a flaky bunch. Right? We're not dependable. We compromise. We give in. We're scared and afraid. I wouldn't. But the king sees something in you. The king has eyes that we don't have and he sees something in you. So will you respond to the call of the king to become a champion of his influence and his glory in the world? It's a question that we're constantly asked. Each and every day. When I flip open my computer, I look at that line and I go, what's today going to be about? Is it going to be about you or is it going to be about more? My prayer is that we would all choose to become champions of the king's influence and glory in the world. Chase the lion. Chase the lion. Would you guys please stand. We're going to sing glory to God in response.